welcome back. Episode 2 of Season 2, Vibe at 4am, Josh and Andrea. How are you, Andrea? <laughs> I'm doing good. Not like we had to restart <laughs> everything. Well, of... they'll never know. But yeah, as you, were, as you were saying, what have you been up to this past week? Um, even though I've already been asked this question, I still don't have an answer. Because basically, every time people ask me these types of questions, I just blank out on what I've done in the past week. Even though it's very relatable. <laughs> even though I'm sure I did stuff, probably just generic errands, uh, schoolwork, watching YouTube or Netflix, that type mm-hmm. of thing. I don't think anything out of the ordinary happened this week. I think that's understandable, given that this past week has just been rain the whole <laughs> week. Very true, very true. La Nina so, taking its... I don't even know, is it still considered La Nina as the cause of this, or is it just an abnormal separate weather phenomenon? I don't know, because I didn't even... I don't understand the concept of... La, is it La Nina? Yeah. El Nino? I think El Nino is the guy's version, but it's a it's girl for some reason, so it's La Nina. Okay. Yeah, I, I just don't understand this weather concept. <laughs> I just understand it as like, wow, this is a time of lots of rain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was pretty happy to have it during summertime, because that means that during this summertime, we never reached 40 degree heat. True, that is true. We didn't ever have like super hot days, I don't feel like. Yeah, and I think the the, <clears throat> the most it got to was about like 30 so degrees, which I mean is unpleasant, but a lot more doable without aircon than 40 degree heat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you survive in 40 degree heat without an aircon. That's why before I used to go to high school or go to <laughs> and rack the free aircon. And then, That's but, small. yeah, but now, like in this place, we can use the aircon a bit more because I think the we changed electric companies and mm. how they do it is they have peak times where they charge more and then down times where they charge less. So the peak mm-hmm. times are about between 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., I think. That's when electricity is really expensive to use. Right. And then before 2 and after 10 is when electricity is cheaper. So at, at least during the daytime, we would just blast the aircon until 2 p.m. And then have fans trying to circulate the cold air around. And then at 10 p.m., we would blast the aircon again before we go to sleep. Right. Oh, okay. I've never heard of a model like that. That's that's hype. At least you get some aircon now instead of <laughs> having the the device there but never being able to use it. Yeah, exactly. So very fortunate because with the old place, it was just selective use of the aircon only when it was immensely hot. See, I I understand that I feel like a lot of families go through this where it's like, oh you have the aircon, 
but is it really that hot to warrant <laughs> using it? Mm-hmm. But I have been fortunate enough that I am all right with dealing with heat relative to other people in my family. Mm-hmm. My dad and my brother just absolutely despise summer. Or they, they hate feeling hot. Mm-hmm. And so they are always pushing the aircon agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm sort of just in it for the ride. And then my mom is the opposite. So my mom will get cold very easily. And so mm-hmm. she likes she's like a lizard. She needs the <laughs> she needs the natural sunlight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's always a constant debate in my house of just like, ah, oh, I mean, we should use the aircon because that's what it's there for. But my mom gets cold easily. Oh, I see. But do you have the the central aircon system? Now we do. Before we did not. Before we used to just have the the, the, the good box. old fashioned. It's on a wall. Yeah, it's like yeah. a box on the wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but now we have a central aircon or a central like ventilation system mm-hmm. where basically you can either ha- turn the aircon on or a heater on for upstairs or downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my my solution would just be to have your brother and your dad camp out in one of the rooms <laughs> upstairs or downstairs, and then you and your mom can camp out in the opposite floor. That was pretty much the strat for a while. <laughs> and then at some point because our house is still not very furnished mm-hmm. so like even if i go downstairs it's like not it's not like i can relax much downstairs if two other people are sitting on the couch <laughs> i see because then i either have to sit at the dining table which is i mean it's fine but it's not like relaxing mm-hmm. you can't lie down at the dining table yeah yeah um or I just go and lay down in the guest bedroom on my parents' old mattress, mm-hmm. which, again, is not terrible, but it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Fair enough. That makes sense. Um, but, but, yeah. Yeah, so I'm very grateful for La Nina during the summertime. I know a lot of people complain because it ruined their hot girl summer going to the beach (laughs) or whatever but i greatly appreciated it because for me the best time to go to the beach is when it's slightly cloudy because then i won't be roasted to a crisp oh i've never thought about it for that perspective but then again i don't really go to beaches that often (laughs) neither that's why i have a preference on when i I like to go to the beach (laughs) fair enough because i feel like the the appeal of going to a beach is I feel like it's a very surface level appeal. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, oh, it's a fun activity. It's like wide open space. You get to have fun with friends. Um, and it like looks pretty. Like a mm-hmm. beach looks pretty compared yeah. to like, oh, let's go to like the community pool. <laughs> it's just not the same, right? Um, but actually going to the beach is not, I don't find it a relaxing place to be. Mm. whereas I think other people might Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of my gripes come with the fact that I just don't like nature (laughs) (laughs) sand gets everywhere hate it the the seawater there's it's always not clean (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't see my feet. My feet are just like touching seaweed or whatever <laughs> God knows is down there. <laughs> and it's just not a fun time. Mm. At least not for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I used to also not see the appeal of beaches. I mean, I would go in my childhood every now and then. But I don't think I've been to the beach. Properly been to the beach to swim since year, mm. I mean, we did go on an excursion to a beach to learn about riptides and stuff, just for, mm. I guess, general Australian swimming safety. Um, but it's awesome. not like, yeah, but it's not like I actively went to the beach to enjoy myself with that purpose. So if we if we remove the excursion, I don't think I've probably been to the beach ever since I moved to Australia. Oh, wait, so have you ever been, you've been to Bondi? I've walked the Bondi coastal walk. <laughs> wait, does that gone... include the beach? No, it, I've never it been you've into never been to Bondi Beach. Not in the beach. I've walked past it. That's <laughs> but not the same, Adrian. That's what I'm saying. But the so when I went to the coastal walk, it was shortly after I came back from exchange. So it's pretty packed because it's near or around Christmas time, summer. Everyone was out. This is before COVID had hit. Everyone mm. was having fun in the sun. But literally, it was so packed. That is true. It is always packed. And I was just in awe of, because that type of uh, environment, I can understand why it would not appeal, because I would not feel comfortable, just in general, with that many people that close to me in an area where I'm supposed to relax. Obviously, obviously if it's like a concert or whatever, that's different. You'll Mm. have fun. But in an environment where you're supposed to relax, and chill out uh, that's too many people near me to to just chill out um but uh chow took me to the beach earlier this year and we went to cronulla beach and it was pretty fun because cronulla beach is really long so there are some bits where people will hang out but then eventually it'll kind of just there'll be less and less people because no one wants to walk that far away <laughs> along the yeah. beach. And also there's no um, flags or lifeguards in the later parts of the beach because obviously they only monitor a select portion. Mm-hmm. So there's less people. And so I feel that is more conducive of a relaxing environment. Also, the weather for me was pretty G where it was slightly cloudy but there was still some sun but there was like a breeze going through as well so i'm not perpetually being roasted but you also get the cool breeze as well which was nice that sounds comfy i like that yeah that's like the beach vibe i can get behind i just feel like most of the time when you go to a beach that's not the vibe (laughs) (laughs) most beaches are packed to the brim with people everything is just disgusting (laughs) yeah yeah i get what you mean because i also haven't gone to a beach with proper waves Mm because well i guess 
the beaches I've experienced in my childhood, from what I remember, was because I've been to the beach in New Zealand, and I didn't think they're that wavy. They don't have big crashing waves, <laughs> from what I remember. So to me, beaches were just kind of a bit still. Maybe it had the little gentle, gentle waves that that crash onto the shore a little bit, but that was it. Yeah. They don't have okay. the. I don't. I haven't seen waves where people can actually surf on the on said wave. Okay, gotcha. And so when I went to Cronulla, I was thinking, bro, why is the why are the waves so big? <laughs> and then, and also you can see that the tide will eventually um come further up onto the shore mm-hmm. because. We spent several hours there, and then walking down the beach, it was pretty. Um, the waves didn't come too far up the shore, but then when we came back, we had to walk further in line because the water now reached further along the shore. And so, it's just interesting to see these. Not they're not particularly fascinating phenomenon. It's just water <laughs> moves in more. Times are real. Times are real, and waves are a thing, but I don't know, it was just interesting and very novel for me to check out. Oh, I feel like tides for me, I've I've been accustomed to them at a very young age, because mm-hmm. as you know, I live across from the bay, mm-hmm. and so you can tell when it's low tide and high tide in the bay, because oh. when it's low tide, you can see the ground of the bay. Oh, so I <laughs> I understand tides are a thing <laughs> I've known <laughs> you've observed them I've observed them oh I see I see yeah I think before going to the beach with Chow my last memory of any sort of beachside place was that ex- that high school excursion and mm. Um, and I think I cut my foot on a rock pool, and then oh, no. just and that was my last memory of going to the beach. And I don't know, wasn't the same anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing with beaches. It's like when you go as a kid, everything it seems fun because you're a, you're a kid and kids mm-hmm. are dumb, and so kids mm-hmm. would just like find entertainment in anything that's like novel. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I kids just like water I guess but <laughs> as an adult now if I go to the beach I get there and I'm like alright cool what now <laughs> what do I do we brought we brought beach towels we can like we can bring sandwiches I guess but what are we we're just gonna eat at the beach <laughs> you can bring a bowl but like alright cool we can toss a bowl to the beach <laughs> I don't um, get it. I had mm-hmm. to spend more than like an hour tops at a beach. What do you do? <laughs> and that's why water parks exist. That <laughs> the water parks, it's you're spending most of the time just in lines instead. I mean, that's true. I feel though if you go with friends, at least they can you can occupy yourselves with your friends. If you go there true. by yourself, then that's kind of sad. That is sad. The prospect of going to an amusement park alone is very sad. (laughs) 
but I've been I I was watching a YouTube video, um, and the people in it they said that they bought an annual pass to Disney, mm-hmm. and so um after they finish editing their YouTube videos or stuff, they would just go late at night after, and they would just eat dinner. And then also because they can just go to Disneyland whenever they want to, they can also just go at hours where there's less people, such as right. night, such as like late at night or maybe earlier in the daytime, instead of but, the middle oh, peak hours of the day. Right. Because oh, they can go whenever they want. They don't feel the pressure of, I have to ride everything in one to two days. They can just take their time. But, oh, wow. Okay. But how often do you have to go before the experience just sort of... It's just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to Disneyland today, you know. Pick up dinner <laughs> and then go home. I think it depends. Because some people, they like Disneyland for the novelty. But I think there might just be some people who just enjoy the atmosphere or the food it could just be a place that they find comfort in at that point rather than going there with a sense of excitement it's just a very comfy place to go to and you're surrounded by a lot of nostalgic things i guess i will say the atmosphere at disneyland is they've done it very well they know what they're doing yes Yes, like, I agree. The sets and like the areas that they build, it really feels like you're in a different part of just like a fantasy world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if you just visit the fantasy world every day, I feel like the allure of it wears off on you. Mm, and I, I also cannot that. imagine that people are going to Disneyland because they love the food. <laughs> it's just not a thought. <laughs> Um, I guess so. I have also, I don't know how true this is, but I have read somewhere on the internet where people will just go there to study for some reason. (laughs) And I'm thinking, wait, an annual pass surely is not that cheap where you can just afford to buy an annual pass and then use it to go and study at Disneyland. Like, that much, I think you should te- you should tear away the part of going somewhere with the focus of studying with somewhere that's supposed to be for fun. I think that's the separation. Yeah. That's the line you should draw. I, I can understand if you find it just a comforting place to go to and a leisurely activity to explore, mm. such as, for example, walking in a park or something. Um, that I'm, I can understand, but going there to study, that's, that's, I that's... can't even comprehend it <laughs> because not only are you paying an exorbitant amount of money to just go and, I don't know, do calculus at Disneyland, <laughs> but it's also just a very loud environment, <laughs> very like, true. like unnaturally loud because there's so many people, children and theme park rides <laughs> like roller coasters are not quiet <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just have extra good noise cancelling headphones but why okay like why even go to disneyland 
like libraries exist <laughs> they're still books are real you mm-hmm. could do that they're quiet mm-hmm. like a coffee shop like a starbies but, but but that's the thing coffee shops are not quiet they're not quiet, but they don't have a roller coaster in them. <laughs> so. But perhaps at that because I don't think you'd be studying outside in Disneyland, though. I would imagine they would probably just go to a cafe in Disneyland. It's not like I've, I've go, I'm going to occupy this outside desk <laughs> that somehow has a PowerPoint outside right next to a roller coaster in order to study. Ooh, that's an <laughs> ideal study environment. Better yet, they're just on the roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> you know the photos? It's just a photo of some guy reading Hamlet. <laughs> oh, it's like all those memes where it's um when you ha when you're trying to enjoy the party but you have a test due tomorrow or oh, a test on tomorrow and it's just the people who are working on calculus homework or whatever <laughs> at a party. I still cannot believe who th- this can't be real. I don't know. No, <laughs> can't be like a real human that's done this. I will preface that my sources are not the greatest. Uh, <laughs> I would just say that it was somewhere it's somewhere on the internet I'm sure I've like gotten irrationally upset at someone who may not even exist <laughs> hey there's 7 billion people on this earth perhaps one of them have done this <laughs> maybe one of them has gone yeah. to Disneyland to study <laughs> so true but I want to go to a theme park a, a proper theme park I haven't been to the to the ones in the Gold Coast, and I really want to go. Have you ever been to the Gold Coast? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Gold Coast ones are pretty good. They're actually uh. big uh, <laughs> theme park attractions rather than compared to Luna Park. Luna Park is fun, but... It's, Luna Park is it's, tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's been shrunken. It's a... Sh- it's a miniaturized version of going to a theme park. Yeah, because that is 100% have, true. Because they do have some adult rides. I think they also did some renovations and they've included another roller coaster and some other rides as well. But it still does not have the same grandeur of, for example, going to Disneyland and riding on those rides or going to Universal Studios. Mm. The, the grandeur of going to a ginormous theme park it just hits different, you know? Yeah, that is true. Luna Park, it's very... You get you go through three rides and you're basically done. The best part <laughs> of Luna Park is you go in and you can just, like, repeat, just spam the bumper cars. <laughs> if you got, like, a group of six friends, just spam the bumper cars, and that's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so have you have you not been to like no you've been to Disneyland right? Yes, I've been to Hong Kong Disneyland several times. I haven't gone to the US ones yet, but that's also because I just haven't gone to like California or oh right Orlando so, is the other one in Orlando or Florida. I, Are they one and the same? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know American geography. I know the uh, there's Disney World and then there's Disneyland, and I haven't yeah. been to those ones. Um, and then yeah, I haven't been to the Gold Coast Dream Dream World. Is it uh, Movie World? Um, uh, 
yeah, there's like a couple because there's like a Wet and Wild. There's a um, movie world. I think movie world's right. Yeah. There's a Sea World, which is really lame. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's like two other ones that. What there's like another water park, but I forget. I always forget the the name of it. Oh, I only knew of Wet and Wild. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, uh, what was the other thing you just said? Dream. Dream World? Yeah, Dream World, I think, is another one. Yeah, because I heard that Dream World is the proper typical theme park type place. Wet and Wild Mm. is the water park theme park. And then Movie World is kind of... They do have big rides and stuff, but it's also... They put a lot more focus on the the IP and stuff that they yeah, that sure. they look at. And then... Is it SeaWorld? I think SeaWorld is the... Is it kind of the aquarium version that's kind of not that interesting? Yeah. The problem with SeaWorld is not only is it, like... There's just not a lot of rides. Mm-hmm. There's, like free rides um the rides are not bad but it's just there's like it's more about the attraction and like seeing things mm. but the other problem i have with SeaWorld is that not only do you have to pay for the ticket but once you get in you have to pay more to like watch things oh no so it's just a it's a huge scam you pay for the ticket to just <laughs> walk around the park and then, like, to watch a show, you have to pay again. And it's like, uh, well, what did no. I just pay for? That is a scam. That's a true scam there. So, oh, SeaWorld was pretty cringe. When Wild and uh, Movie World, which I, I've also been to, those two are pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, have you not been to, like, big theme parks in general? Aside I from just, the Hong I- Kong... Anyway. I've gone to Universal Studios in Japan, which oh, is okay. pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm kind of sad, though, because now they have new attractions, like Harry Potter World, even though I'm not truly invested in Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> As we've established. Yeah, but it's the fact that, you know, I could have... I don't think you have to... Do you have to pay more? I don't think you have to pay more. Surely not. Surely not. I think Nintendo World, they do have a separate ticketing system, but I don't mm-hmm. know if you have to pay more to get into Nintendo World. But I think I think if Harry Potter World was included in the general ticket, I would be sad because I missed out. <laughs> I see. Because <laughs> you pay the same, but you get lesser of an experience. So I would mm. just go because I wanted to have the experience of going there. And everyone says that it's pretty cool. I would just like to try the the sounds of butterbeer. Yeah, that's what I that just want sounds to try. nice. Yeah, but everyone says that's really good. Aside from that, I have no connection to the Harry Potter world. <laughs> I can see the appeal, um, but yeah, I think I just didn't grow up with it. But I would also similar, I guess, to to how Disneyland puts a lot of effort. I think they did put a lot of effort into the Harry Potter section so i guess if anything i would appreciate that i yeah i can see that i can see why it appeals to the existing fan base Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. yeah um 
Oh, uh, they also. I think I they also opened a Demon Slayer ride. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a section, but it was definitely a ride that was there. And I think they're expanding. Maybe Attack on Titans or some other anime IP as well in in Universal Studios, which ah. Oh. <laughs> what could have been? What could have been? Everyone who lives in Japan now, they would just get. It would be so good because there's no tourists who can go to Universal Studios at that time. Oh yeah. Or places like because Tokyo also has a Disneyland and Disney Sea, so going there, people who get to go there now, they get to kind of experience it without the hustle and bustle of everyone else competing to go on it. Yeah, so true. Very jealous. Lucky them. <laughs> well, all you have to do is just go back to Japan. <laughs> but then when I go back to Japan, everyone else will be going back to Japan. <laughs> It'll be busy again. <laughs> There's too many people. Why? I don't like that. <laughs> but yeah, is there anywhere else that you would want to go? Because I know that we. Briefly talked about this of say we were going to have a hundred wham trip that I think we would both oh, yeah. be going to Japan. But do you have mm-hmm. other ones that other than Japan? Ah, uh, I've I've never been to Korea. I think that would be cool. But I don't really. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I don't like know a lot about other places in the world until I actually go there. Oh, I see. <laughs> like I, I say, like, oh yeah, Korea would be cool, but I don't know what I would do in Korea.、Mm. Aside from like, mo- to be honest, most of what appeals to me in going places is like, I like Korean food. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's a、um, very valid reason to go. So I would go for Korean food.、Uh, mm. I think I've been told by you and other people that Taiwan has really good food. Yeah. So I would want to. Try that, because I just apparently am a glutton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. Taiwan has really good food, and most of it is fairly cheap as well. So, would highly recommend. I that just that, adds to the flavor. I know. <laughs> I think there are comments that Taiwan has some of the cheapest Michelin food available. I think. Don't quote me on that. I, I don't know for sure, but that's. What I heard, I think, but、uh, my mom, who's been there, she、uh, before COVID, she would go back、um, quite a few times, and she would say, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can try, but I think that usually the sort of street food type or you know mom and pop shops are still where it's at. Don't need to go and class out too much." Yeah, I think that it's more of like the heart of a country. Yeah. Our country's cuisine. Yeah, for sure.、And、I feel like I would enjoy that more. Mhm. Mhm. Is Taiwan one of those places where you have to like be wary about food poisoning? Um, I don't think so. I think it's pretty on par with with um maybe Hong Kong or China. So I think you can just be a little bit wary depending on where you're eating it from. But I think it might not be the same as maybe, for example, some places in Southeast Asia. Yeah, because I, I remember when I went to Cambodia and Vietnam, 
I I was very strictly told that, <laughs> uh, like, to not eat fresh fruit or vegetables, to not drink the tap water, uh, like, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and that food poisoning is basically just part of the experience. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, which, unfortunately, it was. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Did you, oh, did you get was, food poisoning? I did. I got... It was, like, actually the worst food poisoning I've ever had in my life. Oh, no. Um, and it was, like, not even, at least what I recall, I don't think it was, like, any of the, like, home-cooked meals or anything that we had, or, like, mm-hmm. like a restaurant meal. Mm-hmm. I legit think I got it because we ate at a KFC. <laughs> and, like, I ordered a burger. Mm-hmm. And the next, like, four in the morning, I just was throwing up everywhere. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it, was, it was rough. Bruh, that's so rough. My goodness. I don't yeah. think... I think when we went to Thailand, Thailand is can be a bit questionable, but when we went, no one really told me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, no one really told me, because when... I, so, I've been three times. Two times are when I was a lot younger. And then the third time was, I think, first year of uni. I went to Thailand. Mm-hmm. But no one really told me that food poisoning was a big thing there until wow. I think I came back from the third trip. So while wow, I was, like, uni age. Yeah. And then I came back and I watched all of these YouTube videos. And they were saying, oh, yeah, this... Um, they were talking about going to a train night market and that this place is particularly notorious for getting food poisoning if you're not careful and i was thinking bro i went there <laughs> i ate at one of those stores oh, so i could have gotten got food poisoning, poisoning? bro but, <laughs> so i didn't really know and um i guess like hearing from your story and from some youtube videos people are saying some of the fresh fruit can be a bit questionable meanwhile i was just eating mangoes left and right (laughs) because thailand has um nice mangoes because of mango sticky rice and they also have the the green mangoes which they cut up and then they put the uh special like spicy sweet powder on it and you just eat that and so I was just like, YOLO! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Maybe you're just built different. Because I feel like some people just don't get food poisoning. Oh, I don't like, know. I'll go, go ahead. Because of the, like, when I went to Cambodia and Vietnam, because mm-hmm. it was one, in both those countries in one trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I went, I went with not only my immediate family, um, but my auntie and uncle. Mm-hmm. And two of my cousins. Oh. Um, and so the thing is, like, my auntie and uncle and my mum grew up in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Like, for a, a reasonable time, like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, at least. My mum, at least. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, of at least my immediate family, I don't really know about my cousins and my, my auntie and uncle, but mm-hmm. of my immediate family, me, my dad, and my brother all got food poisoning at different times. Oh, no. <laughs> And so my mom, who had eaten pretty much the same thing as us the whole mm-hmm. trip, was just completely fine. Oh. She was big chilling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So oh. maybe, and I feel like she's just been this way the entirety of my life. Like I don't <laughs> think that I've heard her talk about like having a stomach ache. Oh dang! She's just—that's <laughs> why we always joke like, "Oh, she's just got a Cambodian stomach." Yeah, it's just like anything that goes in, it just it gets digested with no problem. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some people build different. I do think. Okay, so I think my family, we all kind of cover parts of the spectrum of how, I guess, strong our stomachs are. Mm-hmm. So I think my dad has a pretty solid stomach. He usually eats whatever. And for the most part, it's fairly fine. Um, my mom, on the other hand, is, I think in Canto, direct translation is called a glass stomach, where <laughs> it's just very delicate and fragile because she'll often get a lot of stomach issues um, and is very sensitive to to food. Um, mm. And I think I'm kind of somewhat in the middle, maybe a bit more um, towards my dad's sort of tolerance for food. Um, so usually we can just see sort of if a food is just my mom's sensitive or if it's actually bad if, it's, if it goes up to my mom, <laughs> me, and my dad. <laughs> You kind of it's it's a good gauge to see who gets affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because oh, if it's just my dad, then it's probably just a him thing. Right. Yeah. So oh, okay. that's that's sort of the gauge. Um, but yeah, I don't think any of us got sick when we went to Thailand all three times. Um, I don't. We haven't been to other places like Vietnam or Cambodia and stuff. We've been to Malaysia, but I don't think we got food poisoning there either. And then I think most of the other places that we've been haven't had the same concerns for food poisoning. The only time I've gone food poisoning, I think, was in Australia after having hot pot at home. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably just on me, where I didn't cook the pork for long enough. <laughs> Wait, I, I think you can eat pork a little, like, medium rare. Can I think. You? I think. I, re- <laughs> I had this exact conversation or uh, argument with Ben and Vivian, because we went out for <laughs> Korean barbecue once, uh-huh, and uh-huh. we had, I think, I someone was cooking pork belly, Yeah. and then I, it was brought up, and I was like, I think you can eat it at medium rare. <laughs> I'm, like, pretty sure. I think, okay, so from places such as MasterChef on TV, mm-hmm. they kind of, it's a bit ambiguous because whenever they do the dramatic cutting open of the meat, they say, oh, it's a little bit pink inside, it's nice and juicy. And so I'm thinking, okay, but how pink is, like, pink? Because it's, <laughs> it's barely pink. Mm-hmm. It's a smidgen of pink and so where is the line drawn from the pink (laughs) that's actually edible yeah what's the shade (laughs) yeah what's the specific hex code of pink (laughs) (laughs) so that's why i think it's just for me it's just same with chicken i will rather just have it overcooked than (laughs) get food poisoning because fair enough because I haven't, because when I got food poisoning, it was from a fever, and I 
wanted to throw up, but I think my body digested everything, so there was nothing to throw up, and I didn't want to eat when I was sick, so it was just empty. So the worst part was just the fever of consistently feeling hot and cold at the same time and can't rest. (laughs) And so, so... Um, I haven't, I hadn't gotten a fever for a really long time. It's usually just colds, um, and that's just mild discomfort of not being able to breathe properly. So I will do whatever it takes to avoid getting another fever because it's not a fun time. Oh, 100%. I remember there was one time I, I had a fever for like a week. Oh, and no. it was, it was the most just it was the saddest week (laughs) of my life because i was it was like really bad i was basically bedridden for like a week oh jeez my my days would pretty much just be like wake up feel miserable stay in bed and listen to a podcast or like a show Mm -hmm. um and then i would like doze off wake up and then the Asian thing is like, oh, you have a lot of congee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just go back to sleep. Oh, dang. It was, a whole week, rough. though. Yeah, it was, it was, oh, I remember it was particularly rough because not only was it, like, fever and feeling terrible, mm-hmm. but I would also wake up and I would, like, have nosebleeds. Oh, no. So <laughs> I would have to, like, deal with that while also <laughs> feeling terrible. <laughs> it was not fun. Oh no! Do you usually get nosebleeds, or is it just that sort of out of the blue? No, I I get nosebleeds a lot actually. I think oh, more than the average person. Oh dang! Because I used to get nosebleeds a lot too when I was younger. I yeah. Have, yeah, I have memories of when I was walking along the street, and then I would just like have a nosebleed, and it wasn't just the the slow trickle. It was. Gushing. It's the full on, yeah. <laughs> and then I would just stand there and be like, up, up, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, as, as a kid, I used to get the hell a lot. Oh, dang. Do you still get it now? Because I feel, for me, it's calmed down a lot now. Yeah, same. I, I, I don't get it a lot now, but I feel like it's probably because I'm putting myself in less situations to get them. <laughs> like as a kid i feel like you just do a bunch of dumb things and like somehow something will happen and you have a nosebleed mm-hmm. that i can understand mm-hmm. but now i'm just like wow i wake up i like go on my laptop <laughs> i'm not like in situations where it, it could happen really mm, i live a much less interesting and active lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> um yeah 100 <laughs> percent yeah, I think one of the triggers for a nosebleed was when the air was really dry, I think. That, that sounds right. Yeah, so there was one time where I was in a hotel somewhere or one of those old, are they called ryokans in Japan? The old type of houses that they have. That kind mm. of have the tatami rooms and that sort of. Oh, uh, yeah. So they yeah. turned one of those into a hostel type se- um, type space. And so the air was really dry at the time. So I woke up 
and the pillow had blood on it because I had a nosebleed in the middle of the night and I was thinking, oh, shoot, I feel so bad. <laughs> I've got to go clean this up. And so, yeah, I think that was one of the cues that um, when the air was is really dry, then I would have nosebleeds. But I don't think in Australia I've had as many nosebleeds anymore, even though... It can be a bit dry, but I don't know. Body's just always, funky like that. I've always been told that the reason I get nosebleeds is because my body is too hot. <laughs> like temperature wise or yeah, like temperature spiritual. Because <laughs> 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 you know how in psych we learnt about the the is it the four seconds? Oh the oh yeah, the humans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> I was just wondering in what sense. But it would, it was actually okay. It was like temperature hot, which is why they uh, would always give me the ice pack mm-hmm. uh, whenever I had a nosebleed. Um, because basically, what my mom would always do is like, oh, I have a nosebleed, and then when I've got a tissue. She'd be like, she put her uh, hand on my forehead. Mm-hmm. And basically be like, oh, you're too hot, that's why. Oh. You're overheating. Mm-hmm. And so she'd give me an ice pack to put on my forehead. Oh, interesting. Did not. So, I don't know if that's like a real reason, uh, <laughs> but because I don't know if like that's a medical thing or if that's just like the Chinese yeet hay sort of thing. Yeah, that's because that's what I was, that's why I asked. This is yeah. like, like a Now that you mentioned thing. it. I feel it sounds a bit like a yeet-hay thing, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> there's just a be. lot of, yeah, there's just a lot of reasons that your parents give you that don't make sense, but sometimes you just accept it, because what else am I going <laughs> to... Yeah, that's true. I mean, as a kid especially, you just you just sort of accept everything your parents say as fact. Yes, very true, very true. And um, then, I don't know about you, but you go... <laughs> I went through, not like a rebellious phase, but <laughs> I went through a very questioning phase uh-huh. <laughs> where my parents would say something. I'd be like, hmm, is that true? Can you elaborate? <laughs> but why? But why, though? <laughs> and now at the, the good old age of 22, I'm, I'm thinking back on those situations and I'm just like, yep, no, they had a point. <laughs> <laughs> do you have examples uh i think the the most recent one was like i was building i was building a uh the bookshelf the my new bookshelf that i have mm-hmm. and i as a kid i was always just like oh i'll follow whatever my dad does because my dad knows how to make things and i mm-hmm. do not mm-hmm. and then i grew up to be a teenager and i was like the way my dad does things is stupid. I have a much faster way of doing this. <laughs> uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. And then as an adult, when I was building my bookshelf, I was like, why do I think that I could outbuild my dad? My dad is an engineer. <laughs> I'm just a psych student. What am I going to do? Like, <laughs> I can barely follow the manual. Because, oh, that's the reason. It's because um, my dad will look at the manual but he'll say, like, oh, this isn't, like, the most efficient way to do it, or it's not the best way for what we need it to do. 
Because, like, the manual, you build it one way, right? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'll follow the book. Yeah. And then my dad will come in and be like, oh, but you don't actually need, like, the backing panel, let's say. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you don't need these sort of hinges because that's not what we're using it for. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, you, you've you got one there, old man. <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. Mm. You have a point. I see, I see. Oh, that's very interesting. I think... I think for me, I just accept it at first, and then I'll go away and I'll think about it, and then I'll question it. But then it, by that point, it's too late. The conversation has. <laughs> it's like when you you have a discussion or like a debate, and then you go away and you think about it, and you're like, "Damn, that would have been a really good argument if I yeah. thought about it." Yeah, that's me always because I always analyze conversations after they've finished, and I'll just go away and think about stuff. And then wish that I could relive the moment so I could say that one bit, but I can't. And then <laughs> just sad, sad boy hours. Okay, next time you have the debate, you can bring it up then. <laughs> because I remember in primary school, they made us do mock debates, I guess, just as a English exercise. And we would do debates with different, with teams from different classes. And so... I think our class, we did fairly well in the debates. Most, I think almost all the debates we had won. And it got to our, our team, my team, and we were arguing for whether you should throw away plastic bags in or just toss plastic. I can't remember. It's something to do with whether you should use plastic bags or not. And we were on the side of, yes, you should continue using plastic bags, which is already a difficult... It's an uphill um, battle. Yeah, it's an uphill battle for us. And then, so, so we were talking, we were doing our debate, and then, you know, the other team, they just say, oh, yeah, you shouldn't use it because of, like, the turtles and stuff. And so what are we supposed to say? As measly 12-year-olds. Uh, we yeah. hate turtles. Yeah, stuff the turtles, bro. And then afterwards, um, we unfortunately didn't win. Shocker. <laughs> imagine the team that's, you know, four plastic bags winning. Yeah, it sends a bad message. <laughs> yeah. So then the teacher, he was like, you know, you could have said, like, as a rebuttal, you know, they're... Uh, chemicals that you can pour down the drains that will dissolve the plastic bags and I was thinking about that and I'm like dang that would have been pretty good and then uh, like me still thinking about this debate uh, 10 years later is like mm-hmm. but should we really have said that though <laughs> we should be throwing chemicals down the drain where I can dissolve plastic bags which are typically non-biodegradable hmm questionable but then i still don't have a plausible rebuttal for that rebuttal i mean it's not wrong it's just like it sends the wrong message to impressionable 12 year olds yeah it's just plastic production is is not harmful (laughs) (laughs) yeah so conversations like that forever just occupy space in my head ah it lives in there rent free yes for sure for sure 
it's when actually oh yeah. go ahead oh no it's just times of when i'm about to go to sleep and then i remember all the the awkward and traumatic things that i've done <laughs> oh dude okay there's always two times for me it's like <laughs> trying to sleep so like i put down my phone and it's just darkness and i'm just like all right go to bed and then that <laughs> one thought or the one memory pops up and i'm like all right i guess we're doing this tonight <laughs> so it's then mm-hmm. and it's also in the shower oh in the shower i'm just thinking i'm like man what if i had said this or done this <laughs> what world would we live in then <laughs> yeah the shower thoughts really really just pop up randomly i remember I um when i was in high school we had to write an autobiography for an for an assignment and i had an idea of not just writing it as a typical sort of word document style but putting chapters in for my autobiography to make it look more like a book right and so i had this idea when i was in the shower and so when i handed in my assignment the teacher asked oh where did you get this idea from and i was and i was too embarrassed to say oh i got it in while i was in the shower so i just said oh i got it while i was drying my hair and she says, "Oh, that's pretty interesting cuz you know usually all my thoughts come in the shower." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dang it." <laughs> Dang it. Why the shower thoughts were a thing, yeah. I know. I didn't know shower thoughts were as ubiquitous as they were, and I uh, missed the opportunity there. I like how even now you're thinking about not having or having a shower thought, but not talking about the shower thought. yes it's a bit meta that way yeah but what i was gonna bring up is uh Mm -hmm. it's funny that you bring up like high school stuff because Mm -hmm. uh i've had a very uneventful week however one of the things that i have done this week is i've gotten access to my old hard drive (gasps) yeah so if you recall this is not the laptop the laptop I'm using now is not the laptop I've always been using. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you recall, I had that old, really terrible Acer, <laughs> Acer V5. <laughs> at the time, was fine, but yeah, I, I ran that laptop into the ground. <laughs> uh, I remember you saying, oh, yeah, it's fine. I don't need another laptop. Oh, <laughs> I needed another laptop. <laughs> what a... It was terrible. Like when when I was using it, when uh, I had met you mm-hmm. uh, first, it was like, oh, it was you know, it's a bit slow, but like it gets the job done. It's got an hour of battery life, you know, <laughs> an hour, <laughs> very solid. Let me just tether it's, myself to the nearest PowerPoint. That's that was the strat. Every lecture, <laughs> I had to find the PowerPoint and make sure that's where I was. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I my dad had recently uh, he's stolen the frame for that uh, because he wanted to use the touchscreen aspect of it for oh, something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. But he was like, "Oh, I have my hard drive," so he'll just like take out the internal hard drive because mm-hmm. he's a he's an electrical engineer and he does these things. Yep. And yep. so he like gave me the the like the internal hard drive, and then he gave me like a device that can use the like read the internal hard drive mm-hmm. uh, and so i can plug that into this laptop mm-hmm. so i've been going through all of the old 
things on my hard drive. <laughs> and one of those things was like, let me just look at like what my work was like in high school. Uh... And it is, it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like atrocious. There's some, there's some things on this hard drive I like cannot let the world see. Oh, really? Uh, it's like most of it's fine, but <laughs> there is one where for a history assignment in year eight, yeah, we had to make a documentary or like oh. a pseudo documentary. Um, mm-hmm. for like that's it's like five minutes long. Yeah, yeah. No one, I'm telling you, Andrea, no one can see this video because <laughs> it is. It's, I it's so cringe. Watching it gave me so many icks. <laughs> oh no! Did you like do voice over it for something? You had to. Oh. <laughs> Listening to my year eight voice is hella funny because. <laughs> Growing up, I don't think that my voice changed that much, but oh. apparently it did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, that's very, that's a very interesting take, sir, from um, someone who probably does not witness their own change that yeah. goes as a as a snail pace to them, but does not for other people. Oh, uh, I I was a squeaker. <laughs> I hated the <laughs> I also. Oh my gosh, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also found, like, another document, which I sent to mm-hmm. Pedro. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, like, for English. Uh, one of the activities in English was called wide reading. And so you had to, like, read a bunch of books and then, like, do certain written activities based on these books. <laughs> and when I got to year eight, I was, like, around the time of, like, oh, I don't really read that much anymore. Like, what are, what are books? So what I did... <laughs> was I wrote a book review about mm-hmm. Death Note. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so that was that was something I did in year eight as well. Oh, uh, I see. When you first said it, I thought you said you had to do something called white reading. When you read <laughs> a bunch of books, <laughs> and I thought you were going to say about white people or from white <laughs> And I was like, hang on a second. That would be, the school would get cancelled. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, how does this I do a lot of white reading. <laughs> what would that even include? It's just like a bunch of stories about people wearing shoes inside the house. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> or just, I guess, books from Charles Dickens, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i have a bunch of i have access to all of my uh old high school stuff which has been fun (laughs) what a throwback yeah there's a bunch of other stuff i like looked through old photos of uh of us as well Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you and i 100 wham uh like my high school friends Mm -hmm. younger me Mm -hmm. which looks different (laughs) 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 <laughs> admittedly not like that much different i don't think but mm-hmm. uh, it's you can see changes ah uh, yeah yeah uh and then like all the old music that i used to listen to before i realized that paying for spotify was actually worth it <laughs> man's changed man's I know. changed 
<laughs> Remember when you're like, why did I pay for Spotify? Why do I need Instagram? You know, this laptop's fine. <laughs> Don't need to wear fancy clothes. My phone was so fine. Don't, yeah, don't have to, to expose the the first year me so bad. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. It just is just a a a recognition of how much you've changed as a person, Josh. True. I think university, the four years, has been the the most rapid growth of me as a human. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I changed a lot in those four years. <laughs> Accelerated growth. Yeah, I, it, straight up. <laughs> I can't. I still can't believe. Like, if if you go to first year me and you tell him, like, "Hey, I'm just a gym rat now. Like, I I love exercising." He just wouldn't believe you. He'd be like, "Ah, oh, you're pulling my leg." <laughs> Yo, going to the gym? What's that? <laughs> There's no world. <laughs> Um, but it's good it's good i think like it's always good to kind of change and grow evolve as a human being that's true and it's always good to reflect on it like uh i was going through photos and i saw a photo and it made me remember i was like oh yeah we we did an escape room together (laughs) oh yeah we did that because we took a photo with uh all the random props that they had yeah it was like mexican themed yeah mexican well, cartel theme okay yeah <laughs> was i was gonna elaborate <laughs> specifically <laughs> i said mexican at first because i remember harry and ahad memeing about where's bella because oh yeah they running <laughs> of the time <laughs> yeah that is true it, honestly it's still like kind of their running joke <laughs> yeah oh, but escape room was fun though I feel like we should do something. Do you think that they're still operating during COVID? I guess today it's like lesser, less restrictions. Um, I think they are because I used one of my dine and discover vouchers on the escape room. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think they also have um VR type escape rooms now too, or something to do with VR. I think. So. How is that? That, so you just, like, pay to sit in a room and, like, pseudo-solve an escape room? <laughs> I think it's just probably just, like, how all other VR games work is just you put on the headset and you're probably put into a scary room or some themed oh, VR room and then you work together and you just, like, interact with other players but with the VR headset. I see. Yeah, probably I mean, the yeah. more immersive horror experience because I don't think that most VR rooms will allow like actors and zombie zombie makeup or ghost makeup mm. to physically <laughs> scare people. I think, I think, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, sounds pretty interesting. I feel like I should use my discover vouchers on an escape room because I don't know what to use them on otherwise. The only other thing is movies, which I've used one on. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think movies, they're okay, but I think escape rooms or go-karting have, um, 
there's go-karting at the uh, entertainment quarter, like near uni in the... Do you know where the entertainment quarter is? Not a clue. <laughs> so when you take the light rail um, and then it's kind of, there's like the big kind of open park that's opposite Sydney boys and Sydney girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then if you kind of go to there, it's near Centennial Parklands as well. There's kind of just like a oh, complex okay. with, uh, with I think, a movie theater. And they have some like, um, it's sometimes where they hold the Korea, UNSW Korea Sphere in that area. And then in that entertainment quarter at the top of a car park, there is a go-karting place. And you can okay. just race around on the track. Um, very specific track. I see. Hmm. I'd be down for that. Mm. The thing is, to use my Discover vouchers, I feel like I need to go with other people. Yeah, definitely go-karting is better with other people because then you just... Because it's not really... Um, it's not like you can often overtake people. It's... Okay, so when when uh, me and Chow went, because the... Um, they want it to be all safe and stuff. You have to let people, um, you have to pull to the side when someone's going to overtake you. Yeah. So it's not like you can just go like, whatever. It's not bumper cars. Yeah, it's not bumper cars. So it's kind of like, oh, you have to like kind of be mindful of other people. But if you go with more people, um, then you can just like race to see who's the fastest or who does more laps at a faster mm-hmm. time slot. And I think that is the appeal. Um, because it's just me and Chow, we just, like, race each other, but then it's not like we get to race with, like, everyone on the track, right? Because you don't know everyone on the track. It's just, like, other strangers, right? So the bigger the group that you can go, then the more chances you can just kind of take the entire time slot, and then it's more fun. Uh, that makes sense. That would be hard. Yeah. I need to use those, those coupons, then. (laughs) <laughs> some ideas because yeah other than that i don't really know what else to use the discover vouchers for other than yeah the boring sort of like touristy attractions like the zoo or madame tussauds wax museum or whatever there isn't that much yeah oh mm. i guess Going back to to theme parks, you can go to Luna Park. Not even. Like, the tickets <laughs> to get into Luna Park are, like, 50 bucks. Yeah, then it'll be, like, 25, and you can go on all the rides. I'm telling even if I paid 25, I'm like, this is barely <laughs> worth it. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. Yeah, other than that, there's not really much to do in Sydney. I struggle just finding places to eat, honestly. <sighs> Truly a shame. <laughs> See, this is I can just give my vouchers to lemongrass takarai <laughs> feeding it back into the system <laughs> well I'm just helping the economy <laughs> I'm making money go around fair enough fair enough alright we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after this intermission Okay, welcome back. During that little break, Andrew and I, as we do, we <laughs> somehow got back to talking about different media that we consume. 
But you brought up something that I want to talk about, which was like rewatching stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you basically just explained that you will rewatch a lot of things uh, to focus on different aspects of the the show or like the movie. Yeah. So, like, with Blue Period, uh, you watched it initially because the art was interesting. Like, that Mm -hmm. side of it was interesting. And then if you were to rewatch it, you would focus more on, like, character development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because... So, with Blue Period, Blue Period is essentially, for the the listeners out there, it's just kind of an anime that revolves around a guy who kind of doesn't really know what he wants to do. Then he kind of eventually falls in love with doing art and sort of his journey on you know building his art skills and you know taking on art as something that he wants to do in the future and so for me the um the kind of perspective of looking at art as like part of the anime and also like seeing characters sort of how they use art and interact with art that both those sides are novel to me so that's especially the art part, was, is something that I like doing. I like doing a lot of creative things. But so, so that's why I was drawn to Blue Period. And hence, I focused a lot on like, ooh, look at the art that they do in the <laughs> anime. Ooh, it's very pretty. Ooh, they talk about cool techniques that you can do when you do like different mediums, etc. And so mm-hmm. that was why I was very drawn to the anime. And I also made a comparison to another anime that is I really like, which is Your Light in April, which uses music as a medium for characters to connect, bond over, grow, etc. But your line in April, I already have a pre um, pre-standing un- pre-existing understanding of music. So while uh, so music is no longer a novel thing for me to focus on, it is just sort of added context of ah, this is nice, I can see why characters feel this way. So hence, I feel I would already naturally gravitate towards understanding characters' growth and how they sort of change and build relationships, etc. Because that is the novel part. It's seeing how characters are formed and developed, right? But for Mm -hmm. Blue Period, it's the art has sort of taken my first glance and my first sort of impression and a lot of my main focus so hence i think if i were to watch blue period again i would now no longer be focused too much on sort of the art that they speak about and all the techniques and the fancy words and stuff that they introduce and now would be more inclined to look at the characters because i have now sort of switched gears if that makes sense interesting so the thing is you watch uh your line april a lot uh, mm-hmm. every April, in fact. <laughs> yeah. So when you watch it, is it like a comfort show or is it, is, do you like get something out of it, something new out of it every time that you watch it? Um, I think at the, at the, in the beginning, I would watch it again just because I really like the show. Sometimes there are just shows that, or movies, that I'll just simply re-watch just because I like them. And I don't mm-hmm. anticipate needing to get anything new out of it right for example if you're watching a comedy again perhaps you just watch it just for the haha funnies and you want to laugh at the jokes or reminisce about them but i think the more times i watch your line april there are small snippets of things that i pick up that i didn't notice before such as 
I think the first few times I watched it, I never really noticed that um, she would press, for example, the bus stop to get off at the hospital. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that at the beginning. And I didn't notice that, I think, when she was in the bathroom, there was uh, other strangers in the bathroom who were talking about how many pills or medication that she was taking. Uh, so was, you could pick up on the foreshadowing. Yeah. So it's so I did kind of like my thesis on this of how when you know things in advance, you start to pick up other things or you focus on other things based on sort of the context that you have. And so, yeah, so I guess more times after that I've kept watching it, I'll pick up more foreshadowing things or more things that might connect characters or create parallels or symbolism or all those other more intentional details that are very easy to miss when you first watch it. Because I don't think everyone who watches things on a first pass will be necessarily honed into every single detail that happens on in every scene. They kind of usually typically just watch it for the storyline, maybe the pretty animation. You get like a general sense of the show and its immediate uh, emotional resonance, for example, that it has with you. But yeah, for me, I do get something, not like a whole lot, I don't have drastic changes in opinions about the show but I do get new bits of information that sort of build upon my appreciation for the show if that makes sense mm, I see because I am almost the exact opposite with mm. with shows and movies mm-hmm. I very rarely will re-watch a show or a movie mm. barring apparently How I Met Your Mother <laughs> <laughs> um, but even then, like, How I Met Your Mother, I've only rewatched it so many times because in high school, that's, like, all I... It, it would just be on. I would just have it on while I was doing whatever. Yeah. And so I would just, like, just know because I would listen to the lines so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, But everything else, I feel like I... My appreciation for a show or a, any media, like a show, or a movie, or even a video game... The the reason I appreciate it is I think back to my first run-through of it and mm-hmm. what that first run-through made me feel going through that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when I think about Death Note, granted, I've rewatched Death Note a couple of times, um, but Death Note is my favourite anime of all time, mm-hmm. uh, which is a popular opinion, but <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, and the... The reason I think it was really important to me is because I thought that the story was really interesting and it's not something that I had seen before in my life when I had first read it or first seen it. Uh, And it was also just like the first series in anime or manga where I was like, wow, so they don't just have like ninja powers and (laughs) just fight, right? It was something new and it, it showed that to me at the time the medium was more than just like, oh, it's just cartoons. That's mm-hmm. There's like, can be a deeper storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think for me, it's a lot of what I appreciate about media is uh, not only like, is the, the content good, 
but also what did the content mean to me at that point in my life when I watched it? Mm. I see. Yeah, I get that. That like at certain times you might feel more connected to a show or it might leave a greater impact on you. And I think there there is still like a distinction. Not to say that you can't enjoy shows and think fondly on them but I think there's also just a distinction of whether a show is good and holds up throughout time versus a show that you just have nostalgic feelings for Mm, and does not hold up throughout time because there are some shows that I've watched that I watch police for example say sometime during high school and then I watched them again because it's been a while since I watched them and I just wanted something easy to kind of turn my brain a little bit off and just absorb it all over again. And I realized, oh, this was not as good as I remember it. So, mm. Yeah. See, I, I understand that a lot. And I think that's it's sort of why I'm a little aversive to rewatching shows. Because mm. I don't want to ruin the allure of like, oh, this is my childhood show. <laughs> like, I guarantee you, if I go back and I rewatch Naruto or Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. I, as a child, I love those shows. Mm. Me rewatching them now, I'm going to be bored to death. <laughs> because one, I already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And two, I'm just going to be like, wow, the animation is just all right. The pacing of the story is kind of weird. Like. Mm. I feel like it's it's kept safe in a locked in a memory in my mind that <laughs> this is my childhood. <laughs> and uh, nothing can touch it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's fine though. I because that is personal to you, right? But if someone asked you, "Hey, would you recommend I watch Naruto right now?" You mm. at least still know that it's not worth watching, right? But it's not worth watching for someone who hasn't experienced it. And that's fine because they're kind of new to the whole show and you can still at least give your opinions that are separate from what is attached to your nostalgic memory. Right? Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think that there are shows that is fine for you to kind of reminisce about and have a personal memory attached to it. I think if you are... As long as you are, if someone asks, hey, do you recommend this? Or what is your review about this? As long as you kind of just say, oh, uh, I personally really liked the show at the time that I watched it. However, it, you may differ now because we kind of live in a different age and a different context and you will have a different experience to me. You might not enjoy it as much. Then I think mm-hmm. that's fine. But if you purely are saying a show is good based on whatever you're your childhood memories of it are then I think that's misleading and that would not be a good review of the show because it no longer carries throughout time if that makes sense which is why sometimes I watch shows because some people will say hey do you um have you watched it do you think it's good or sometimes I'll just see it some sort of um maybe there was a post about it and I'll be reminded of it and then I'll think Hmm, I wonder if this show is actually still good and I'll just be personally invested. But that's also 
I didn't watch those in my childhood, so I don't think there's a greater connection for me to maintain the allure of the show. It was kind of just more in my teenage years of, ah, this was a show that I watched, and it's cool if I rewatch it and reevaluate sort of my my stance on it. Hmm. That's yeah. See, what if though, I watch a show now or like <laughs> within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I make a review on that based on how I feel in the moment. Then you you yeah. would probably just have to say that this is just like obviously like gut reaction. Yeah, it's okay. Obviously, you don't have to say it. In sort of, I know that you and me will probably just write our opinions of shows on Instagram stories, etc. <laughs> you don't have to say it then because you know it's just a brief snapshot of your review or whatever but say we were for example movie critics or movie reviewers or have sort of people who are invested in our opinions then Mm -hmm. i think it would matter right to say that these reviews are a reflection of the time that i am currently writing my review and may not sort of reflect my opinions several years down in the in the future i think that's that's a fair thing but i mean we're just Mm -hmm. doing it for fun and if no one really you know will be inclined to sort of take any preconceptions from your review then it's whatever i think if people ask you hey do you recommend it and they kind of make the first move to ask for your opinion and explicitly hold value in your opinion, then that would make more sense for you to preface it. Mm, I see. You raise a lot of good points. The the other reason, though, that I don't re-watch stuff or, like, mm-hmm. re-experience things mm-hmm. is uh, I always think to myself, there's, there's just so many other shows that I have to watch. <laughs> and if I were to rewatch a show, I mm-hmm. feel like I would just be wasting time because I uh, already know the story. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like when I play Smash. Sometimes I'm I because <laughs> when I play Smash, I will play my main character Palutena mm-hmm. for maybe ten games, and then by the tenth game, I'm like, I mean, Palutena is fun, but. I I got other characters. I could <laughs> I mess around a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I start playing other characters, but then I'm just like, I should be dedicating more practice to my main character. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Smash is a little bit different though, because you're actively building on skill. <laughs> Whereas uh, watching, watching anime TV- or watching shows, I'm just like I'm building on experience, <laughs> the breadth of experience. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Yeah, you are more about the breadth of the shows and media that you consume, and I'm more about the the depth. The depth. Of, but, ooh. I get that too, and some shows I don't feel like there is a need to rewatch. There's, to- it's totally fine if I just watch it once. There are um, some shows, I guess. Yeah, some shows I do feel comfortable rewatching. It's just like I mentioned before, the comfort factor of 
Man, there's too much stuff to watch on on Netflix, and it gives me anxiety. So I'm gonna just watch something that yeah, I've already that watched is- before. It's the comfort factor of I already know that I enjoy this, or for the most part, I remember enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just watch it again because it's easy, right? Yeah. Uh, another aspect of rewatching is YouTube videos. YouTube videos, yes. they're a shorter. It requires a shorter time commitment, right? So naturally, rewatching ability goes up because you don't have to invest as much time. But I do think that there are certain channels and certain videos that just naturally have higher rewatchability than other YouTube videos. And I've okay, been yeah. and I've been thinking for a long time. What about it makes it rewatchable? I still haven't determined <laughs> the unifying factor of what makes it rewatchable. And I'm not talking about videos such as um, tutorials or or instructional type videos. Because those don't count. Those don't count. I'm yeah. talking about pure type of entertainment style videos, and I still can't figure it out. Okay, I'm very glad you brought this up because I was gonna bring this up. Okay. That with media, like with uh with media that's like has a story and is like um there's very clear creative intent going mm-hmm. into making and building a world and a story and a plot line. Mm-hmm. Like anime, shows, movies, video mm-hmm. games. That most of the time I will consume once at the first time leave it there yeah youtube videos i don't know what is wrong <laughs> in my brain i will re-watch so many youtube videos mm-hmm. and i think for me it sort of goes back to that comfort thing as you said where yeah. i'm like i know what happens in this video but what happens in this video is fun to watch anyways <laughs> yes so true um, but i so like what are the channels or like what kinds of videos do you re-watch on youtube Okay, so the first few. Okay, so recently I've been rewatching. I don't know if you know her, but she's called Sophia Nygaard. I do not. So she, a uh, bit of context. She used to work at BuzzFeed. Now she doesn't work at BuzzFeed. She has her own YouTube channel, and she kind of just does. Um, I don't really know how to explain sort of what she does. She does some sort of like interesting type experimental type videos. So some of the videos, for example, was buying the first five things that Instagram rec- uh, advertised to me. Oh, okay, or yeah. um, other things were like trying out whether um, these five-minute craft hacks are actually useful or not. Um, other things recently <laughs> that she's been doing has been like um, mixing all of like the bed, bath, and body works hand sanitizers together and seeing what happens <laughs> uh other things was i got a tokyo makeover type videos so they're kind of like beauty fashion lifestyle related but they mm-hmm. got like an interesting experimental twist for the most part and she does like a lot of context and research behind the things that she talks about so for example with like the tokyo makeover she would be like uh, I like 
um, we're going to like Harajuku to meet someone. Typically, a lot of people will think that Tokyo fashion is just specifically about Harajuku fashion, but there's a lot of different like um, subgenres, so to speak, that go beyond just what people typically think of Lolita style. And there's a lot of other different. She'll do some of like her research on sort of her thoughts, um, what the thing that she's actually looking at. Um, even with the things of such as uh, I mix all these hand sanitizers together, she'll mark down sort of these are the fragrance notes, these are the things that compose the hand sanitizers, what's in it, do they have like the little micro beads or do they have glitter and stuff? She'll do yeah. like rough like, oh, uh, this is the percentage of vanilla notes, this is the percentage of citrus notes. And then based on these, uh, you know, just kind of basic data, we expect that the final product will have you know, a majority of vanilla notes and, you know, a hint of citrus or whatever. Like, she does, like, it's not just hee-hee funny, let me just dump all of it together. It's just, like, it's hee-hee funny, but also, like, it's interesting kind of, to watch yeah, her process, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's, like, the 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 channel that I've been re-watching recently. There's other um, channels, um, one called Best Dressed, she used to do a lot of like fashion related videos, but she, I like her personality. And so the way that she made videos is just very entertaining. It's like not just like talking about sort of, oh, how can you like style yourself better with like the clothes you already have and stuff, but it's also like her thought process and things that go into it. Um, and then another channel was, it's called Jolly, I think. Okay, Jolly is. Jolly. Like, is it is it the, the two it, British people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see this one. Okay, but I okay, I kind of have mixed feelings about Jolly now in terms of the newer videos that they are producing. They're still good, but I feel the rewatchability sense is tied to a. They don't do necessarily seasons, but it's kind of like they kind of do have seasons because they also yeah. have changed sort of sets and offices. So it's kind of like distinct you can kind of see distinctly like what sort of phase they were in when they were building the channel right, right. so the rewatchability for me is in like a specific time of when they created videos and okay. so now yeah. the newer videos don't hit the same they're still the same type of content like they were just like trying american snacks as like british people or trying military rations or doing like these types of videos right Yep. But it just hits different now. So I feel like the new the new season of videos don't have the same rewatchability as the older season. And it might just be a nostalgic think of oh I like started watching them at this time, which is why I think fondly of it at that time. And now it's like they've moved on to like a new set. They've like, you know, have like I don't know, maybe new editors or whatever, new people helping them out, and so maybe the style's a little bit different, or I don't know, whatever it is, but that's, I don't know. You miss the old Jolly. Yeah, just a little bit. They're still the same people, and they still make similar content. It's just, hits different. Okay, that's actually an interesting point, because I feel like there are some creators on YouTube where making the same content gets boring. Like, it gets mm -hmm. stale. Mm -hmm. And even though it's making the same content, the fact is that you've seen all the old stuff, and all the old stuff is great. And if yeah. they're just making more of that, then it's just like, ah, uh, I mean, you're kind of <laughs> saturating your channel with like the same thing. Mm. 
I see. Because uh, one of the, I had that experience with one YouTube channel uh, called Astro Kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, as you could expect, most of my YouTube subscriptions are very based around video games. <laughs> so this guy, he was, uh, he's actually an Australian guy. But oh, he mm-hmm. he's a gamer, and I yes. started watching him because uh, of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And so he would make a bunch of really funny Overwatch videos, and mm-hmm. like I would love them. And then it just sort of like he just kept making them, and I got to a point where I was like, "All right, I like I get the bit, but <laughs> like the quality is the same. If anything, the quality is increased because yeah. like production quality, he's got better mic or better recording, yeah. better moments, like editors or whatever." Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, yeah, but I've sort of, I've I've seen you do this before, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I sort of just sort of like weaned off of his content after mm-hmm. a while because I I already knew what to expect from watching that video. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes like the you can miss an old creator, uh, even if they're doing the same content that they were doing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that but, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, going back to rewatchability, one channel that I rewatch mm-hmm. uh, fairly a lot <laughs> is, uh, is a channel called Summoning Salt. Mm-hmm. And so to explain Summoning Salt, it's already like the channel name does no service to actually <laughs> describe what it does. Mm-hmm. But Summoning Salt, they do these long-form, almost documentary-like videos about speedrunning. So speedrunning, for anyone who's unaware, is you're trying to play through a game as quickly as possible. And so there's like a huge community about speedrunning, especially particular games. And Summoning Salt will like pick a game or pick a a speedrunning category in that game and make like a 50 minute video just explaining the the history of all the different world records in the, of speedrunning that game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for some reason my brain just treats that like crack and i just keep <laughs> going back to it <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess that makes my whole point of like i could be watching other content completely new <laughs> because i'm just re-watching these like 50 minute pseudo documentaries <laughs> but i feel sometimes longer form content is the best type to rewatch though because it's the combination of for me it's the combination that it feels comfy enough that i already know that i'll enjoy the content but because i already know the content i can switch off my brain and i can also do other things in the meantime <laughs> yeah that is in the background and so because it's long form content i can enjoy the video longer (laughs) (laughs) and not have to find another video to rewatch. at some point you're not watching the video you're just having noise playing while you're like (laughs) doing something else yeah it depends i think even sometimes I rewatch Let's Plays because at that point I kind of just treat it as though it's a movie or a show, but with mm-hmm. a commentator. Like I watch, I rewatch Undertale. Um, I rewatched. Some people play Cuphead. Cuphead isn't really a story-based game, but you know it's just 
I enjoy sort of the commentary. The, the let's sort of, play is part of the experience. Yeah, it's part of it. It just adds to it a little bit, you know. Sometimes it's also validating to hear that, you know, they might have similar feelings or would choose a similar sort of like, for example, Life is Strange where it's choice-based and having someone else who also may choose the same path or option that you would choose is also very validating you know it's like you have the Mm. same thought of mind so it's just like sometimes i just watch long-form content like that where it's in episodes as well for like several hours on end it's like cool beans i actually that's a really good point because i did recently not also like a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. i rewatched the game grumps play doki doki literature club Oh, I want to rewatch TDLC Let's Plays, but I'm kind of scared. <laughs> it's less scary when you go in knowing what happens, like 100%. I mean, that's true, but it's also, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just intimidating, because I don't remember <laughs> all the specific glitches that happened. I just remember the one bit with Sayori. <laughs> okay, to be, I, I think that is the the scariest part of the game mm-hmm. because it's like such a shift in tone yeah in the story mm-hmm. but once you once you re- uh like recognize that the game is actually not just you know uh, <laughs> haha happy go lucky visual novel yeah then you yeah. can sort of anticipate a lot of other things making you feel uneasy mm. and all of the the different beats of the game mm. Maybe it is time. It's been a while since I watched <laughs> the first Let's Play of it. It's been out for like several years already. Don't make me feel old. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember That's we were talking true. about this in like, was it like first, second year? Probably first. It was definitely like around the time where I was still using my old laptop, <laughs> which was probably first year. Because yeah. I played it on my old laptop. <laughs> Oh, I see. Because I remember watching it in the old house, but that doesn't really help since I've moved, like, six months ago or so. (laughs) (laughs) But it kind of, that memory kind of goes hand in hand with us sitting at Matthew's and I think AJ talking about how butter chicken was spicy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the bubble of the memory <laughs> it's been it, it's been tied to <laughs> that's honestly you know fair enough first year aj hits different <laughs> <laughs> discovering bubble tea for the first time and then making it her personality <laughs> <laughs> but now she she has a new passion of nct <laughs> nct <laughs> I remember in first year she was talking about how like she never had bubble tea before she wasn't really into k-pop and then again she's also went through a character growth (laughs) and character change similar to yep (laughs) I think everyone has yes to some degree (laughs) I would hope so you know, if to have some some sort of change within four years. <laughs> Fair. How do you think you've changed in the past four years? Um, mm, I'm trying to be more of an extroverted introvert. Um, mm-hmm. just because of the nature of me having to do psych sock stuff 
forced me to do do it more but I don't know I feel like I'm reverting a little bit now that I don't have the the pressure of trying to be extroverted for a bit the tank is slowly shrinking I like how much <laughs> how much extroverted energy I have to save up for the day um is that because of masters or is it because of quarantine uh i think i think masters i'm actually um i i like made a friend which i initiated the first conversation for it's kind of kind Good of job. yes so quarantine i think definitely has hit the extroverted tank a little bit but for masters basically we like the people who are doing standard two-year progression versus the people doing three-year extended progression there's like basically only three people doing extended mm-hmm. and so we were like um we were on the orientation and then someone messaged me saying oh i heard that you're doing extended should we also make like a um facebook uh messenger chat with the people doing extended so we can like contact each other and stuff and i said okay cool beans and this person i've actually seen because they also went to um undergrad at unsw and so i think i've seen them in class or somewhere at uni but i've never actually spoken to them and so when we went into class week two um we managed to sit on the same table (sighs) it low-key is a bit sad that in week one it people didn't just assume that the tables they sat at were the tables they're going to sit at for the rest of the the (laughs) term, which I get. You want to meet new people, you want to meet the rest of the class? Okay, but every time I come into class, I just want the same place to sit, you know? It's an unspoken rule. She likes routine. (sighs) I couldn't, okay, but anywho... (laughs) <laughs> so so week one we didn't sit on the same table but week two we managed sitting up on the same table and i was thinking ah uh, she probably knows me and i know her just ba- on a name basis okay well let's just muster up the courage to speak and say something and i said i like her mask because she had a mask that was covered in florals uh floral patterns and then we started talking from there and now we uh, meet up and sit on the same table every week. And we also practice doing the, the waste tests. And our, we have lunch together. And I'm like, yes! Social interaction. Making a friend. Woo! Yes. So slowly, slowly building back up the extroverted tank. Also, if I want to find some sort of part-time job outside i also need to use it <laughs> so mm-hmm. slowly making my way back up there um other changes uh, <laughs> uh you have longer the, hair for one. <laughs> oh, that is true i am thinking of getting a haircut though just because my hair is getting a bit unruly oh uh, really yeah because I, because with sort of wavy hair, if you kind of just don't do anything about it, it gets kind of a bit frizzy. Also, if you comb yes, through it, yeah, if you comb through it, it gets even more frizzy, which is why you're not supposed to brush your hair unless it's wet. And mm-hmm. so it's just a bit of a struggle not to brush your hair, you know, when it's not wet. 
because that means I can only brush it after I shower. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm only going to shower at once per day at a very specific time. What about the rest of the hours of the day? So, um, and also have like kind of dry ends, I think, because they've been dyed like lighter brown and now red. So probably want to just cut it off and hopefully have also my hair is very thick I have a lot of hair as well so I want to get some of the density out and then hopefully it will be a lot lighter yes mm-hmm. I see are you gonna is it like just a trim or are you gonna cut it back to the original height um height? Length. Um, I think probably maybe just under the shoulders. Right now, it's probably uh, up to my like middle chest, mm-hmm. so I will take off like a considerable chunk. I always mm-hmm. was forever confused because whenever, um, when I was younger, I used to have a lot, like I used to have like pixie cuts and stuff because it was just easier for me to manage. I didn't know how to manage sort of wavy hair and just having it short was just more convenient until I realized that actually it wasn't because short curly hair is more difficult to manage because it'll just stick out everywhere and I don't know how to wrangle it back in place because you can't really tie it up or anything now with long hair I can just tie it up and then no one will know but anywho so I would go to the hairdressers and then there was this girl she came in she had really long hair i think it was up to sort of about her waist she came in wow that is really long it was really long and then she came in with her mom and i overheard her saying oh i'll just get a trim like like two centimeters off the bottom (laughs) you know her mom was like i'm not paying like 30 bucks for you to cut two centimeters off the bottom and she's like what do you mean that's a lot for me and i'm like bro that's a lot (laughs) what do you you could just cut it at home at that point yeah (laughs) you have so much room for error at that point (laughs) (laughs) so true so true and it's not like you would be able to see, like, oh, like, let me just, like, this is exactly two centimeters off. Yeah. Like, can't see it because it's all, like, on your back, like, behind, on your back anyway. So I was just like, I don't get it when when you talk about trims. Like, what is the point of going to the hair salon for a trim? I don't know. So. Some people. So, yes, hopefully going to get a haircut sometime soon. Um. We'll just have to see when I am, um, when the hairdresser is free and when I am free. Mm-hmm. See, that's an experience I haven't had in a very long time because my mom just cuts my hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, if I were to walk into a hairdresser or a barber, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know what to do. Because <laughs> I just wouldn't know what to request. I would just be like, yeah, so... You can cut my hair. <laughs> That's the process, right? Would you not be like, hey, these are some photos that I pinned on Pinterest. Can you cut it like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. If I ever have to do that. Because <laughs> that's literally what I did. I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't really know. Can you just do it like this? And they're like, okay. <laughs> and then they cut it. Oh, I see. That's smart. I didn't even think about that. There oh, are, I was 
was oh, just yeah? gonna be like your basic <laughs> demands of like yeah so short on the sides not as short on the top <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah there are some like more bougie places uh again i see this on tiktok there's this account i think it's somewhere in america but they will like they're filming the i guess pre-consultation hair um pre-haircut consultation discussion of all oh, the client is like oh you know my hair is kind of long it's kind of curly i don't really know how to style it and then the hairdresser will be like oh, okay i think for your face shape i think i would recommend like a 70 30 split whatever with like fades on the side and what what's 70 30 it's <laughs> how you part your hair oh it's like 70 percent on one side whichever your hair part naturally falls and then 30 percent on this side or like 50 50 would just be like for example oh the my middle. god there's math involved yeah and <laughs> so like the bougie ones they'll help like recommend stuff for you but if you kind of just want to be like, oh, I have this style, yo, help me out. Like, for the most part, I'm pretty sure most people can do it. The mm-hmm. the issue is, it's just like finding, like, for me especially, my hair is kind of difficult to cut. So because I have a lot of hair, they will often say, but I've been cutting for like 10, 20 minutes. Why does it still look the same? <laughs> Why, but there's so much hair on the there's so much hair on the floor bro what is going on um yeah someone said in chinese but direct translation is cutting my hair is like trying to mow an overgrown lawn <laughs> 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 so for for most hairdressers it's a bit of a struggle um and also you, you have to try and find someone who knows how to deal with asian hair because I think Asian hair, for the most part, is more thicker mm-hmm. than uh, Caucasian people hair. So, yeah. more of a struggle. But I had, like, one per- like one hairdresser that we go to in Camp C that does cut. But they knew they know how to cut my hair. But usually the styles that I show them are not exactly the same as the actual haircut. And so I have to wait two months for it to grow out and then it'll look like it which I guess is good for future proofing but it's not great for the first two months of when I first got the haircut <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not good so I've been on the hunt for for other hairdress uh, other hairdressers I can go to but I didn't know getting a haircut is so expensive nowadays yeah I this is again not a problem I have to deal with Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I do my monthly finances, and, <laughs> uh, and something that I do with AJ, Chris, and Jackie is that we review our finances so that we can bully each other into spending less money. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I I listen to AJ and Jackie, whenever they have like a hair appointment, I'm just like, oh my god, yeah. hair is expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want to try, like, different colors and stuff, but the price, because AJ talks about her hair appointments, and she says it's a casual $300. Yeah. And I'm like, um, excuse me, no thank you. <laughs> so, so that's a no bueno from me, uh, and also it's 
it's most of the time you have to maintain it as well. You can't just usually just go once. You probably have to go back to do touch-ups or if you want to change colors, you have to go back and do all of that. And the amount of time you have to sit in the chair as well is several hours. Usually it's yeah. all day sort of thing. And I'm like, bro, no, I'm I'm okay. Um, so that's why on Facebook there's actually groups where it's called like hair models or something but it's usually people who are learning to um become hairdressers they're in training um and they will either cut your hair for free or at a discounted price depending on sort of the materials they need to use for example hair dye um Mm. they'll do all of that and you just have to kind of be their sort of practice person and they just take pictures for their portfolio and stuff so that's that's why i'm hoping to get a haircut from someone that is looking for someone to practice on but they are apparently working for this hair salon that usually charges like a hundred plus dollars for a haircut oh wow So, so i'm like if this person like got into this is working and was hired at this hair salon I'm hoping that at least they're like of the similar caliber. They're just mm, adapting. The skills will transfer. Yeah, I'm hoping you're not just going to hire someone that has no sort of. It's not of the same caliber, right? They're just sort of brushing up their skills to adapt to the type of creative haircuts that they do, or whatever you know, whatever style that the hair salon is known for. So fingers crossed. It's okay. I just need to see when they're free. Um, I'm once again impressed by your ability to find ways to do things at a much cheaper price. In this case, <laughs> free. <laughs> it's not for free. This one. This one's thirty bucks. But oh, okay. income. But I didn't want to do the free ones because usually they're really far away, or mm. they're at tapes and they need it at spe- specific um s- school like hours or really late at night, mm. or they're usually um caucasian hair salons and i don't trust them to do my hair right so this one um i think he's japanese and he's working for like a hair salon that does have like a lot of asian hair hairdressers so i will take the 30 bucks because usually i already like pay 20 bucks at camp C. so 10 boxes i will i will that's that's acceptable but still I would say um, if this works out, it will be a very good deal. If not, well, I will just suffer with having bad hair for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Hair will always, you can, it'll grow. It You'll will, have to cut it again eventually. Yeah, that's true. You'll just have to suffer with a bit of embarrassment for the few months that come. But it's okay. It's only temporary. Yeah. Hair <laughs> is temporary. <laughs> very true very true because i only know about this i only ever considered dyeing my hair at one point oh and it was like i think like in second year i want to say second or third year mm-hmm. where i was like i mean i'm still young if if i'm ever gonna do it it's gonna be now yeah and then i asked aj about it because mm-hmm. she is as we know she dyes her hair pretty often yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and 
So I asked her, she was like, yeah, it's going to be like $400. Because I was, the only uh, color I was thinking of was going like silver or like gray. Oh, that, that would be pretty nice. Cool. Yeah. I, most of my wardrobe is monochrome anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this will fit with me. Yes. Um, but then I was like, this is $400 and I have to maintain it and my hair is short. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this really worth it? Hey, but if your hair is short, that means there's less product that has to be used. So surely it's not $400. True. Surely it's discounted. Yeah. Because it's like for AJ length hair, it might be $400. <laughs> but your hair is probably like a fifth of the length her hair is. You're right. I still like, even if it was like $200 to uh, $300, I don't know if I could still justify it. Mm. Because like, that's a lot of money to spend on something that is so temporary. <laughs> but it looks cool. But it looks cool. <laughs> hey man, you only live once. So, yes, I did just say YOLO, basically, but <laughs> but it would be quite an experience. And I would say, like, yeah, um, I guess, like, if we are to become psychologists, I don't know how professional it would be to turn up to work with silver hair, unless you own your own clinic. In that case, then do whatever you want. <laughs> mm, but, that is like, a good point, yeah. Yeah, that's why I feel like now, like, in our sort of uni slash um sort of moving into the working space is still like a good time to sort of do all the things that you wanted to do that isn't quote-unquote professional or whatever yeah I, I think the the perception is changing a little bit but it still comes across as like oh this is like something you should be doing in your younger days yeah, it, like, depends on the place that you work at, I think, definitely. Yeah. I don't think people like Ben could rock up to KPMG and be like, yeah, hey, yo, right. guys, check out what you You're 100% right. I'm sure you working at proficiency for the time being, if you just record some more videos with silver hair. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, wow, he changed between the <laughs> first and second lesson. <laughs> You can tell the timeline of when these videos were filmed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> timeline of my life, honestly. <laughs> but yes, if you ever do decide to go silver, I will be very, I'll be very excited to see you. <laughs> to be honest, it it's the chances of that are getting slimmer by the day. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe once you once you get um a a full time job and it See, permits you to <laughs> That's the thing though, is I've just found other ways to spend money that make me happy. Uh, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. It's not the biggest priority. Games yeah. are definitely much more much Games more are useful. forever. <laughs> it's also like hair dye, because I I think what is uh, the biggest deterrent for me is knowing the fact that it's in impermanent. Mm. Because I know that I will blow $400 and it's just it's just gone in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is like, well, did I really need to do that? I looked cool in a couple photos between <laughs> January to March. 
<laughs> that was dope, I guess. <laughs> mm, I see. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. I think silver definitely is a very difficult color to maintain. Um, just yeah. because, yeah, it's like our roots as well, because we have dark colored hair. It's very obvious when you don't maintain it. And yeah, also 100%. you have to turn the hair a specific color to get it that cool gray color. Otherwise, it'll just turn yellow after a while. So I can understand the maintenance is a lot. But hey, if you go for like a darker color, like red, the maintenance is a lot easier. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think I can rock any other color. How about like... I thought about it. I don't really? think it works. Yeah. Really? How about like... Because when you did like dark blue, I think you could do dark blue. I think, I think colors that are of that sort, so like blue, red, purple, mm-hmm. sort of like that. I feel like it would just look really unnatural on me. Mm. Because if you think about me as a human, mm-hmm. I am generally like a very serious person. <laughs> like the way I conduct myself is very like. It's not like uh not goofy, but you know how like people there are some people who are just very like energetic, bubbly is the word. I'm not very a bubbly res- person. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm, I'm and so it it's sort of like I can see why it fits on someone like AJ, because it sort of suits her personality. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like I rock up with red hair and I'm I'm just very serious and I don't think <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> But I think, like, like bright red hair, okay, I can see where you're coming from. But I think there's, like, you could do, like, like dark, like, burgundy-ish brown or, like, really dark blue. I think there are some blues that indoors it looks black, but when you go in the sunlight, then you can see that it's a blue shade. Which I think, if you wanted some color, that would be... Well, like, even, I don't think I've seen Wenny's blue hair in real life, but she didn't go very, like, bright blue either. Mostly mm-hmm. a dark blue, which I think would suit your aesthetic, because it's also navy blue is a neutral color, technically, in my books, it True. is, at least. But then it's also, like, uh, what's the point? I could just keep it black. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, I suppose. Up to you, totally. Yeah. Head, I don't... I mean, maybe I'll reconsider it at some point, but I don't think so. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, I'm more... I'm on the, the train of, like, buying clothes. I, I, have, clo- I have a Pinterest board now of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go on another, another shopping trip, Josh. Yeah, I would love to make money and then do that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yes, when when you do, let me know. And hopefully it'll be on a day that I'm already out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out, Andrea. I'm sure we'll find a way. Yes, I can finally join on this one. Wait, did you not come to the first one? I went to the first one at DFO, but I think you said you went on another one with chris aj oh i think i was 
to buy uh, just like more formal wear. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to shop for doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Round three. Let's go. Round three. All right. Well, speaking of round three, episode three will be next week. Episode two <laughs> will be done now. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> I'm trying to think of segues on the fly more recently. <laughs> it's Keep up with the pace. Yeah, the effort is paying off. Sorry? The effort yeah. is paying off. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it for this week. Yes. Uh, we'll catch you all guys next week with. I don't really know what we're doing next week. We, we never, never have a have... plan, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except yeah. when we bring someone on. But... So true, so true. But we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll figure it out on the fly. Um, hope you guys are enjoying the new logo of Cloth Chan. I am. That's <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> if you guys don't, it don't matter because we love them anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. See you guys next week.